0: The drivers are preparing to climb into their cars. We're moments away from firing the engines here at Texas Motor Speedway.
1: It's a hot one. We've got a cool driver in the car. Get yeah, this thing moving. Feel like I got in oven. Got two liters of pd 8 We're ready to rip. Have a good day.
2: Have a safe day, guys.
1: Drivers, start your engines! I have a
0: problem. I have no brake pedal. Every time I pump it, the second or
3: third time I get pedal. You can try and run this first stage and see if it gets any better with the heat and stuff. Green flag, green flag.
1: green, Looks green. like we hit the splitter pretty hard over here. Still tight to take off. Still no brakes. I can't run to the bottom. Green poor is just still destroying the racetrack. Jeremy, I feel like he's hungry, hungry opposed off a of third four. The
2: 22 splitter is beating him really hard to block you off four. Block fit.
0: First and third place cars making their pit stops. We're waiting on Martin Truex Jr. He's out of fuel. He
1: is slowing hey, He's, he's out, out of fuel. fuel. He may have run he's out, out
2: of, of gas. gas. He's out
1: of fuel in turn two. Switch was on two already. We got a blind line violation. We got to do a pass-through. Maybe the fastest car of the day having to serve out a penalty. That means Ryan Blaney inherits the lead on lap 70. On a scale of to 10 loose to an 11 loose. Stage 1 winner is
0: Ryan Blaney by two car lengths over Kyle Busch. Just took off hitting the racetrack so hard. You got to find somewhere around it. It won't drive, man. Leaders now in the Geico restart zone. Green flag is waving. I got one in the wall. I
2: suppose. Oh, damn.
1: The wall, guys. Jimmy Johnson got into the outside wall,
2: entering into the quad oval at the front straightaway.
1: Did we have a tire down or just get away from you? It's been an ugly lap, or so I would suspect a tire. Boss got a two lap penalty coming to pit road this time. Wow, what'd we do? They're saying too Ben over the wall. Oh, f- f- we got a pit now. It's chattering all four tires, no good. Kyle Busch back across the stripe, three car lengths ahead of Denny Hamlin. So just in the 11 by one now. Blaney on the inside, Hamlin to the outside. Blaney now tries to get a little bit further ahead. He'll take that number one spot away all four. Can't hold
4: it wide open, f- aggravating.
5: Here comes Ron Blaney back to the stripe. He will capture stage number two in a dominating fashion.
1: High right, second lead on uh, pretty good cars. Pretty cool, man. Green flag is back out the 3 wreck you. Keep coming, they're wrecking. Wrecking here, whoa, they're everywhere. And we're in it, you all see Who the f- hit me? 22 squeeze you tight there. It looks like we just gave the 18 a love tap. Fenders are square here. Don't go tearing it up beating on anybody. You okay, bud? Just got the wind knocked out of me. You know what they say, get around a squirrel, you hit by a nut. There's a bunch of grass. Looks like my neighborhood up here. We got the grill packed for sure. Oh, you can get out. They can come get it with a wrecker. Or... They're going to stop the field in the restart zone. Red flag zone. How you holding up in there? That's hot. I now know what a turkey feels like on Thanksgiving Day sitting in an oven. It feels about like the environment I slept in last night considering that AC was broke on my bus. Red flag has been pulled and the green flag shown to the field. It's going What do you want to do? The footer is six inches off the ground. Feels like we're inside. Sliding up to you. Thirteen team wiped us out. Killed. Alright, we're done. So we'll back to the garage. Sorry,
0: guys. Damn it, I gotta go. Calm down here. Calm down and focus. I love my teammates. I love my teammates. I love my teammates.
1: Mentor. Come on, hard, inside, inside. What the hell he just turned in our door here. I have no idea what he was doing. What about left? Whatever. Stop Last time I did left, she fired off pretty good. That A car he's on fuel only. Everyone else took four. How about this for Richard Childress Racing? They have the front row here in Texas. His RCR
2: cars are fast up front right now, man.
1: His one and two is, is really good. The RCR drivers door to door with 10 laps to go. Let us know he's faster than that three. Just calm down, he'll get him. Amblin's going for a big run here. Caution, caution. Hell love a job right there, man. One more time, we do this. We'll go to victory lane. Man, you're better than you know, We just get clear, we'll be all right. <laughs> Green light, Checker. Once we get to the white, it's official. Bottom of the racetrack. Austin Dillon trying to win here in Texas. Two back will not get there. One back, Checker. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Goes back to victory lane. Let's go. That's pretty damn cool right there. One two. Richard Childress. Thank you guys so much. I can't believe it. Way to go, Austin. Man, I'm proud of you. Congratulations.
6: To Tracksmack here on Tracksmackradio.com. Don Hall here with Mike Haig. Mike, of course, from racedaysa.com. Mike, how are you this evening? Dawn, I'm doing great. And
5: I tell you, uh, we uh, just came off the win. I mean the win. Well, we did have a win.
6: There, <laughs> a somebody did win.
5: <laughs> Texas Motor Speedway, but I am just gonna say we came off a great weekend at Texas Motor Speedway, and man, it about killed me not to be there. Me watching too. it on tv i mean I, it's the first race i've missed in 12 let's see 12 or 13 years
6: yeah you haven't missed a, uh, like really any i've missed a couple for I mean, things this goes with, back to
5: 2008 for me i believe the last time i missed a race up there
6: i know so well i missed it so i know if i'm missing it then yeah. you definitely had to be
5: and we missed a good one i mean good grief we had a uh we had a you know a one-two finish from Richard Childress Racings, um, Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick. Um this hasn't happened a long time, you know, where we've had a one-two finish from a team like this, but um, or especially from from this this group here, this this racing outfit here. But uh, man, uh, just a great finish at the end. Uh, there were parts of the race I thought was kind of kind of boring, you know, but
6: it's Texas. Typical, it happens.
5: Typical Texas, but uh, but overall, um, I thought we had some good good uh, good side by side and bumper to bumper racing there in the late stages of that race
6: well and and here's two things that i'd like to point out one of which i just came up with myself just now um so i'm gonna pat myself on the back um but i think it's kind of cool that we have a winner at texas motor speedway that is named after a city in texas after the state capital yeah. city so That's right. we had austin uh, Austin Dillon, who, of course, uh, wins at Texas. Now, thanks to Dale Earnhardt Jr., who on his broadcast coverage on Sunday on NBC Sports or NBCSN, he yeah. gave us a little nugget that I thought was great. And this is what makes Jr. so great about his commentating. It was the first time that the number three car ever had visited Victory Lane at Texas Motor Speedway, which is shocking.
5: Right. Because his dad never won there. No,
6: his dad never won there. So uh, the first time that the three got to visit Victory Lane there, and it's Austin Dillon who does it. Of course, Richard Childress still a part of that, though. And so I think, you know, deep down – even though there might not be a lot of people that might may not be Austin yeah. Dillon fans, so to speak, there's still something about that three car, you know, that's near and dear to everyone. And so to see it in victory lane, I know it gets people pumped up. Yeah.
5: And when you look at this picture, I'll kind of show you the one here on the screen here, the, I don't
6: know if you can yeah. see that,
5: but you know, it's got the colors of, of the black and the, in the, in the, the, like the silver gray and then the, um, I guess like, it's like a red color, the, the striping from a distance, if you don't see the word tracker on there, you would think that was the old, you know, good rent Chevrolet almost. It had that, that kind of paint scheme look to it. So it was, it was cool to see Dawn, but you know, I was surprised. I didn't realize uh, Austin Dillon is 30, 30 years old now. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, time really flies. I remember, and he was just a kid, you know, racing in the truck series and he's done well of their race. Well, in other series at the track. And so, um, But it's also hard to believe that he's been in the Cup Series now for several years, only has three victories. But he's scored some big victories. He won the 2017 Daytona 500, and then he followed up the next year in 2018, won the Coke 600, World 600 there at Charlotte. So, um, you know, he hasn't won in 88 races. Mm -hmm. It's a long drought. But um, I just thought it was great to see him. And his grandfather, Richard Childress, was – extremely uh, excited afterwards and and by the way uh we have all that um post-race audio on the uh, track smack radio.com website because i did a smack cast yesterday and it's up now and you can go listen to it and there's a lot of great interviews with uh, with tyler and and, and the and the winning crew chief um justin alexander and then we also have audio from richard children childress himself and uh and then Joey Logano chimes in as well. So there's there's a lot a lot to listen to there. But what I so go, I would suggest if anybody wants to hear it, go go log on and and, and download it and listen to it and see what you think because a lot of cool stuff was said in those uh, press conferences.
6: Yeah, and you know what, Mike, really quick while uh, while you mentioned that, uh, I want to give you a pat on the back and a kudos and a big thank you. Uh, Mike, you've been busting your butt here during your first few days of retirement, <laughs> for me especially, and, and putting out, you know, Mike was doing these NHRA smack casts and stuff and getting them out and now he is just kind of like taking over and, and started putting out these uh, Matt Cast after each race, and I appreciate it so much. Uh, unfortunately, I just right now don't have the time to, well, to do yeah. it myself. But um, you've
5: been in, you just could finish a big move yourself. I mean, you're still unpacking boxes, and <laughs> yeah, you see and, them all by. <laughs> see it in the background there, but uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. I don't mind doing it. I, I know a lot of people like to hear those press conference interviews. You know, they don't always show all those on TV. A lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, you can get snippets of it, but you, you learn a lot. And uh, so I don't mind, you know, putting those together. If, if everybody wants to keep hearing them, I'll keep doing them. Well, so, we, and I speaking them. of NHRA, let me just throw this out real quick. Uh, I normally have an update, but they did not finish the race this past weekend. They got rained out. They got all the way to the final round, and they had all the finals and all the classes they were supposed to run on. And um, so they're going to finish it up in September. They're going to finish uh, when they, they, they're they going to go back to Indy in August, but they're actually going to finish the race. That they had, it's weird. They're going to race here in August, but then they're not going to finish the race in August. They're going to finish it in September.
6: Wow. Okay.
5: And that's okay. because a couple of the drivers that made the finals, they don't run every race. Oh, okay. They're, they're part-time uh, on the schedule, and we and one of the guys can't come in August because mm. of his job and everything. So they're going to do it in September. So that's why I didn't have an NHRA update because there was really nothing to update.
6: Well well, um, well there you go. Well there's your update. There's your NHRA update for <laughs> There it is.
5: I've one in a couple of weeks when uh, they they're back in Indy again.
6: Okay, uh, well, so the Texas race, again, we'll, we'll mention that Austin Dillon uh, getting the victory. His teammate, Tyler Reddick, was right there on his rear and took second place. There, Those last few laps were really, really exciting. You know, you were talking about uh, Austin being 30 years old. You know, he's got a brand new baby at home. And you talked about Ace. Yeah, Ace. You were talking Ace. about when, he, <laughs> um, when Austin, you know, first came in and stuff. And him and Ty. You know, Ty's been around yeah. for a while now. Do you remember... Like I actually kind of had to eat crow and and I'm kind of leading us into to this with it um, as far as nicknames for Austin. Because, you know, I used to refer to Austin as the douchebag in the cowboy hat. (laughs) Um, Remember, (laughs) I always used to call him that the douchebag in the cowboy hat. And he's still very may well be. I don't know. But when I met him when you're at Texas, I don't know, I was in this like big time selfie phase, which I think that was going around wow. was the thing. And he's standing right there. And you know, I say hi to him and he was super nice. And, I, and so just for the hell of it, I'm like, can I, can I get a selfie with you? And he's like, sure. And I started laughing because I was like, I should totally wear your cowboy hat in it though. And he he was like, Hey, I'll, I'll do it. I'm like, no, just kidding. You look better in it. And I thought about, it, I was like, what an idiot. I should have put it on, but he was so gracious. And he took the selfie wow. with me and talked <laughs> to me for a few minutes, was going to let me wear his cowboy hat. So I I kind of laid off of the douchebag thing. But, um, you know, Kevin Harvick is the one I think that started the Silver Spoon in the mouth, uh, or yeah. the, the silver spoon driver or whatnot. And I know that the, what, I guess Austin <laughs> made a comment there after when he won the race, that not bad for a kid with a silver born with a silver spoon or we something.
5: Have the, we had the audio. So you want to hear it?
6: Yeah, let's hear it.
5: All right. Here's what Austin had to say right after the race on Sunday.
6: Not bad for a silver spoon kid, right?
1: <laughs> I'll take that. Got to thank everybody at RCR, ECR Bass Pro Shops and, uh, Tyler Reddick, you raced me clean one, two for RCR. This is big coming, man. We've had good cars all year. Justin Alexander, my whole crew. I got my baby Ace back home, with my wife. Uh, I love him so much. And I don't know. I'm just so happy. Thank God. What is the significance for RCR? They started the day asking you about the cut line. Now you're above the cut line and in the 2020 playoffs. tell you the truth, uh means a whole lot. Just for the family, for everybody, all of our partners. Truthfully, I'm out of breath right now. I'm about to go down. I need a drink. That was fun. Well, how about beating the best in the business? Three straight restarts you had to do. It. You had to earn this one, Austin. Yeah, I had to change it up a couple of times. The car's going to roll back. i going to let it go. Yeah, definitely had to earn it. I changed it up. I waited the, the second one, and I went on the last one. So it worked out for me good. And,
5: Don, uh, the car, what was funny was the car actually did start to roll back a little bit. Because, you know, the banking at the front straightaway there by the flag stand, a lot of people don't realize it's not flat. Mm-mm. It is actually banked a little bit. So it was kind of rolling back toward the uh, the grass area, and uh, you could see it on TV. <laughs>
6: well, and then we hear him. There was a lot of criticism after the race, too, because we found out that he had to be taken to the in-care, uh, in-field yeah. care center because he was dehydrated. And he said you know, right th- there. Yeah but go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there was a little bit of criticism. Um, poor Marty Schneider, though. I don't think he realized that. I think, you know, he, he thought it was kind of tongue in cheek, you know, I'm about to go down, you know, and stuff. But uh, so he kept asking, you know, a question. Plus he's live on TV. So they're, they're probably in his ear, go here. But but the poor guy literally was about to pass out. <laughs> yeah. And,
5: he, and I knew exactly when he said, I'm about to go down. Cause I, I'm, I, I pass out a lot of times. I've, have problems fainting and stuff like that especially when i get sick mm. and um and i know the feeling and i could i could look at him and i could see it in his eyes I, I was ready for him to drop if you notice in victory lane when he was there with eddie gossage going through all the pomp and ceremonies circumstances and all that you might say with the six shooters and everything austin had to keep sitting down and he kept going down to one knee and he was not doing well at all Mm-mm. but he had to you know he wanted to go through and get everything done that he needed to do but the poor guy i mean he was it was hot and we had talked about that Mm -hmm. you know
6: it was a hot one i mean it was something that they i don't care how much conditioning you do during whatever there's a reason we do not race at texas in the middle of July. <laughs> and and actually, Mike, they got a little lucky that it wasn't hotter than what it was as far as the ambient temperature goes. But those cars were running anywhere between 130 and 140. And that's not fun to be in for four hours. Not at all. I'm sure uh, it's a quick way to drop 10, 15 pounds in four hours.
5: A couple things I wanted to say, Kurt, uh, not Kurt Bush. Well, Kurt Bush, yeah, well, he did have to go to the Enfield Care Center as well and take a couple bags of IVs just like Austin did. Uh, we learned that, but, um, Clint Boyer did a, uh, media availability, uh, on Monday with, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, uh, with, uh, uh, the F- uh, Ford, it was something that Ford put on. And and during the interview, he was, Clint was riding on the airplane back with Austin and Kurt and Clint was wait- he had a couple beers and he was ready to celebrate. And he's like, where are these guys? He talks about it in the, in the they're in the, in care taking IVs. What do you mean they're taking IVs? You know, these bunch of wimps and, and <laughs> so Clint was giving them hell. And, but he said that they actually, when they got on the plane, they had a couple beers on the way back on, on the plane. So, um,
6: well, shit, after but, a uh, couple of IVs, you're feeling good. You could probably hold more. <laughs> in fact, in the end, they probably could end you know, could end up holding more than Clint. Could. Well, I don't know. Clint's pretty much know. a pro.
5: But what I wanted to also say, Dawn, uh, you know, you talked about Tyler Reddick getting the second place finish. That was an incredible finish for him. He's looking really well. His his uh, car owner there, Richard Childress, um, talked about during the press conference that he really thinks Tyler is going to get a victory before the end of the season. I've been saying that as well. And I think, didn't you pick him as your long
6: shot? Mm-hmm or my yeah, yeah one of them yeah because i've been picking i i said he's he's the guy that i'm most impressed with as of late
5: yeah that's the that's one to keep an eye on well, i also wanted to mention joey logano <laughs> finishes third uh kyle bush was fourth and then we had um kevin harbick in in fifth and then just rounding out the top 10 real quick was eric jones blaney kurt bush brad keselowski and then eric amarola had another uh, good top 10 finish so uh and blaney don uh You know, led 150 of the 334 laps of the race, and he also won the two uh, opening stages of the race. I thought Blaney was going to be the guy that was going to get the victory, but um, ended up being Austin. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh,
6: Overall, I thought it was really, really good. It sucked, too, because while it's a 14th place finish Bubba wallace ran way better than 14th i mean he was up there you know there yeah. for a little bit battling in the top five now i'm having a brain fart right now so was it garrett smithley is that who it was or who was it that was that came to pit road from the middle of the Dagum track oh, and that
5: was quinn hoff
6: quinn hoff that's right uh, and that and-
5: set off a bunch of fireworks man he was, took was a
6: brand- beating on social media
5: Well, didn't Brad say that about the fact that, was it Brad that said maybe he should be demoted to another series or moved down? Not necessarily
6: just him. He's saying in general, because he says that this is something that happens, you know, a lot. That there's guys in the Cup Series that maybe should, and Mike, you know... (sighs) let me back up. I know there's people out there that, again, aren't Brad fans. I'm a huge Brad fan. And part of the reason why is for reasons like this, Brad will throw something out there and see if it sticks. And if it does, and he's not afraid to do it. And I love that. Because to me, that's, again, one of those leadership qualities that we've been looking for in the garage area. A lot of things that have come that, that we see, whether people like them or not, have been ideas that Brad Keselowski has had. Brad's had the idea for a while of doing Wednesday night races, uh, midweek oh. races. He was also one that was a big-time pusher for a chase format or something like that, too, and and really enjoys it. But I kind of agree. You and I – I mean, you know I, I have said this for several years, that when it comes to the 43-car field, there's about 25 guys that, to me – really have no business being in the cup series other than to be position fillers. Yeah. And they could be doing a lot more in the Xfinity series or even in the truck series. And you can have larger fields in those series, in my opinion, and make make it better. But um, at the same time, that poor kid took a beating. And I don't know if you saw, but his he had a mirror there that had broke off. Uh, uh, it was like a spot mirror, I think is what they call it or something like that. And it had broke. And so he's just going by his spotter in the stand, you know, I mean, his spotter or whatever. And I don't know if they got wrong information or what, but you know, I heard this week and I can't remember who said it and it's true. There's going to be cup guy. I mean, there's your elite guys that make mistakes, you know, I mean, hell we saw Jimmy Johnson make one just a few weeks ago or a couple. So it's going to happen. But with that said, it did change the complexity of the race, and he was lucky that there was no injuries because you do not ever want to pit or try to make your entrance to pit road from the middle of the track.
5: You're right. Coming out of turn four. NASCAR tried to address some of this on entering and exiting pit road. Um, the proper protocols and stuff they also assess some penalties as well mm-hmm. and we have some audio from scott miller uh you want to go in and hear what he had to yeah. say yeah
6: yeah let's go ahead and tie that in because it was also what was it the entering and exiting we yeah the, uh, okay here perfect example mike talking about cup guys making mistakes who um who was it that we had denny hamlin wasn't it did he enter too soon or who was it that or kevin harvick entered too soon and then there was somebody else that entered way yeah. too soon Um, so yeah, I want to hear this.
5: Here's what Scott Miller had to say.
0: I've looked back through some blend lines and there was, you know, a lot of people saying that we do that every week. Well, I haven't really been able to find them doing that every week. Some tracks, it's really hard to get your speed up down there in the acceleration lane. And those are the ones where they tend to, uh, feed up onto the racetrack before they're supposed to, um, you know, that that racing groove is right on the other side of that yellow line and we we don't need we don't need drivers um blending up before they should which is clearly stated and the exit of turn to blend up on the back straight away so yeah that's those calls were made and and we certainly stand by them and it's it's more of a safety thing than anything and you know we can't you know we had a you know a couple of close calls you know on pit road you know we always react to things that um, that are uh, you know that can be dangerous and you know we didn't have the close calls but certainly blending up into the racing line you know halfway through the corner is not a good situation so we're not going to we're not going to be allowing that
2: I I know you probably can't go into too much detail about it yet, but what was found wrong for the listeners who may not know the Kyle Bush's car after that race on Saturday, Scott?
0: Well, we have rules that are pre-event rules for the height of the car. And we allow some, some uh, tolerance. It's not really, it's a pretty big tolerance um, between pre and post race heights. And uh, you know, their car was just simply too low. I mean, that's, not all we can say there's it's it's not a mystery there's a there's a height stick and it has to be a certain height and it wasn't so that's 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 about as uh it's about as straightforward as it gets
5: and there you go don that's scott miller he's an official with nascar and uh he um also addressed the kyle bush issue which we we hadn't had a chance to talk about that yet you know kyle won the um what was it the the truck race on friday night on, on saturday
6: he won the truck right? well he, he won the xfinity race first yeah, uh, yeah
5: first xfinity first yeah uh-huh,
6: then was disqualified because of what we yeah. just heard then he run won the truck race and he had a chance to be do a, a triple a yeah. triple sweep there but um still has not gotten even a stage win i don't believe yet did he or he's, no. still,
5: he's and he he talked about that in his uh the audio that we have as well from Kyle about how frustrated he is about the way things are going. I mean, you know, he's not won a race yet this year and that's very unlikely for him in the cup series, not to have a win already. And here it is almost, you know, the end of July and August playoffs are right around the corner. So not looking good for Kyle.
6: Mm-mm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that because Kyle did get into some of what he feels is part of the problem, and, and it's something that we're going to discuss here in a little bit. But uh, Mike, really quick to wrap up Texas, let's wrap it up with what the ratings um, look like. Despite um, It says, despite record lows, um, ratings and viewership held up okay for NASCAR at Texas, which I'm going to read, and I never really do this, but I want to read this word for word. This was, this is from J-Ski. Okay. Um, okay. And, and I just, because to me, it's like contradictory almost. <laughs> it's okay. interesting because it's like, okay, this sounds really bad, but here's the positive. So this is basically what the TV ratings, uh, what it says. So. Despite record lows, ratings and viewership held up okay for NASCAR at Texas. Sunday's NASCAR Cup Series race at Texas averaged a 1.7 rating and a 2.73 million viewers on NBCSN, tying the lowest rating in race history, dates back to 1997, and marking its smallest audience since at least 2001. Keep in mind that this year marked just the second time that the race was aired on cable. Despite the record low, Sunday's race delivered the second largest audience of the season on cable in eight telecasts. Bristol averaged $2.93 million on FS1 in March. It also outdrew the first race on NBCSN last, se- last season, which was Chicagoland, and the network's fall te- Texas race last October. So <laughs> it's I-, I don't know how to, like, I- I'm lost as to how to, like, read that. So record lows for a texas race but yet we beat out the texas race i don't know (laughs) i don't get it yeah
5: well you also had uh nhra on fox at the at the same time that was going on they were out on the network and they they drew nine hundred six thousand viewers uh they were like third uh, in the motorsports ratings for the weekend you had f1 going on moto gp that weekend so you had some other things but um I, you know, I think the fact that it was on NBCSN, mm-hmm. if it was on NBC, I think we would have had better ratings. Mm-hmm. I think, but the fact that it was on the NBCSN, not everyone gets that, that station.
6: Right. No, I. That's, I, get what it. I was,
5: that's what. That's why I always complain about. I think NASCAR should be on Fox during the Fox season, and and, and NBC on the um, on, the, on their part of the season. And stay off the uh, FS1 and, and NBCSN channels. Yeah, so if I agree. You, if, if you can. I mean, put the Xfinity and Truck Series on those channels. Uh,
6: there was some uh, post-race penalties that were issued out too, right?
5: Yeah. Do you well, have, are,
6: um, you. There was... A, okay, so the post-race... So we talked about that with Kyle Busch's car failing. Which, by the way, Mike, let me ask you this. And you may not know because you're not a car chief or a crew chief either but yeah. so like my husband asked me he's like how does that happen like how can a car pass pre-race inspection at the correct height how does the car get lowered then during the race and fail inspection
5: i don't know unless they take something out of it i don't know and and i know there's a there's some they talked about that well if you go to um actually if you go to <laughs> track and if you look at if you listen to the Smackcast, I believe there's some audio that I put in there from the, um, one of the, uh, officials, he talks about that. I think we have his audio in there where he, they, I'm trying to remember the guy's name offhand, but I, I remember putting it in there and he talks about, there's a variance that they have mm-hmm. and Kyle was outside of the variance. So a number of things could cause that, but there was, I know they were going to appeal it. But I didn't know. I don't I don't know if there was any appeals, if it was overturned or if they're still looking at the situation. So
6: not sure. Um, I know we had sure. a penalty for a covid-19 infraction on the husband of a yeah. oh, I'm sorry, a crew member. But I also believe he's a husband of, of the driver. Uh, is it the driver? uh uh-huh. is that it, or Roosh? Uh, yeah, in the trucks there. Yeah, with I the uh, Ream brothers. And then Michael McDowell with Front Row Motorsports was fined after one lug nut was found not safely secured after his 15th place finish. His crew chief, Drew uh, Blickensdurfer was fined $10,000 for the safety infraction. You think you have issues saying Matt Benedetto? say Drew Blickensdurfer because it's not oh, the hey. easiest name to do. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, but those were the penalties.
5: The Benendetto. Ben
6: You're getting better. You're getting Deen better. better. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I've um, been
5: working on that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, one of the other weird things that happened today, and today is Wednesday, by the way, and actually I don't even know if it was today. I think it was today. But one of the weirdest things yeah. is I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see coming up next on NASCAR Sirius XM Radio, former CEO of NASCAR, whatever, Brian France joins us. And my reaction was kind of like the same as a lot of other people when I'm scrolling through. I was like, why? <laughs> like, why, what, what reason, you know? And we did, they did provide some audio from the interview where he talked about m- multiple uh, things and stuff, but one of them was, of him possibly returning right or not returning
5: returning the question is are you ever going to return to uh the sport in a leadership capacity role so he kind of addressed it
6: so do you want to hear it is he drunk when he did this or no (laughs) okay i'm sorry that was off you you listen to it and tell me (laughs) Okay, well here now now I'm really intrigued. All right. So let's listen to are we getting and we can't say drunk Brian France because we might get sued because you remember he sued drunk right. Brian France on Twitter. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so we'll listen to
5: We didn't say that.
6: We'll listen to Brian France and we'll so see if he was drunk.
5: Yeah. Here's what Brian had to say.
2: Can you envision
6: a day when
2: you might return to the sport in in some official capacity, would you even be interested in doing so? If asked, I, I'm really not, but th- that doesn't mean that, that that I'm not, you know, always here to help. Uh, you know, my family or or the industry. I'm always going to do that. Um, but you know, I always I always had, you know said that you know th- there's a, 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 a lot of a lot of pressure in this situation and i didn't think it even served nascar well for someone to have 20 or 30 year runs like my father did i think it's good to have some fresh eyes on it now you've got jim in there and he's studying things with all of his experience but you've got you know uh, you know a number of people jill gregory and these phelps they're having their own moments they're going to bring different things to the sport uh in their own right that, that you know that that, that, that that i didn't bring and that's great that's what you want so i don't, I don't okay hold on them. hold
6: on we got to stop this we got to stop it i need you to play it again because i swear mike and i'm i, I swear did he did he burp in the middle of doing it
5: <laughs> it sounds like okay sounds hold- like he had- drinking
6: yeah I'm, I'm sorry i don't even really care what he's saying at this point but i'm gonna do a drinking game right now too bad i don't have anything alcoholic in front of me right now take a drink every time he says you know first of all okay. <laughs> but, but let's hear this again i'm sorry we really should not be making fun of this but i mean seriously okay go it's from the beginning
2: <laughs> can you envision a day when you might return in some official capacity, would you even be interested in doing so? If asked, I, I'm really not, but th- that doesn't mean that, that that I'm not, you know, always here to help. Uh, you know, my family or or the industry. I'm always going to do that. Um, but you know, I always I always had, you know said that you know th- there's a, 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 a lot of a lot of pressure in this situation and i didn't think it even served nascar well for someone to have 20 or 30 year runs like my father did i think it's good to have some fresh eyes on it now you've got jim in there and he's studying things with all of his experience but you've got you know uh, Drink. you know Drink. A, a number of people jill gregory and Steve Phelps, they're having their own moments. They're going to bring different things to the sport uh, in their own right that, that, you know, that that, that, that I didn't bring. And that's great. That's what you want. So I don't, I don't envision uh, that, that being a possibility, Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm not cheering them on and helping them any way that I can. Uh, You know,
6: NASCAR
2: has been great to our family it's, it was a privilege to be, uh, uh, and, I, and I, I'm like probably most people, I, I probably took a lot of that for granted too, Dave, that, that when you're building something and running so fast that we, especially in the early years, but the, the kind of people that, that I got to know, you know, and hired and worked with, you know, that's Great. a special yeah. part of what uh, a, a good career looks like. And we had some really talented people that have gone on to run other sports leagues and other teams and businesses and George Pine. And you got on the list it is a long list of people that are very successful, but had a moment with NASCAR, brought their talents and skills. I got to work with them uh, directly. That's the highlight for me. And
5: uh, there you go, Don. That's Brian France. And the great France family, and uh, what do you think? Um you, th- <clears throat> you think he's still calling the shots behind the scenes, and even though he's not in the in the chair, and Jim France is doing all the work, mm, I, I think know. his his hands involved in it still.
6: I think it is too. Do you think he? Yeah. You think? He, okay, maybe not. We shouldn't go there. Well, I already did during the. Did he burp? Didn't it sound like That's he burped? Like it?
5: What it sounded like. <laughs>
6: I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, well. All right. God bless him. Well, he did kind of lead us into the next subject, though. um, Which was uh, what what the hell did he say? (laughs) I was gonna use for a transition there. Oh, I know. He I was going to transition into something that he mentioned about guys that had started in a sport and had even like moved into other sports. Um, We're going to kind of get into news here and I'm going to interweave this with some stuff that we've talked about already and stuff that, um, new stuff. Uh, In fact, it was announced today that, what is it? The Superstar Racing Series, is that what we're calling it? Uh, Tony Stewart and Ray Everham's racing series has officially announced its first driver or had it announced just a, a little while ago on twitter and that first driver is my favorite tony Kanon. he has officially announced That's, he will be driving yeah. in the first race there for that series so way to go tk excited about that well um, i
5: know dale jr had ray Everham on his show this week mm-hmm. so I, I have not had a chance to listen to the Dell jr download uh, it's on my well i already downloaded it just haven't had a chance to listen to it but um i am um pretty positive i imagine they talked about the uh, new series and what the plans are
6: jimmy johnson rescheduled his okay. indycar practice session there with yeah. ganassi racing it'll be this coming tuesday i believe or next tuesday i guess it is Excuse me. I'm starting to sound like Brian France. Um, it'll be <laughs> next Tuesday that he does that. And so that's going to be, you know, we want to definitely have our eyes on that because uh, Jimmy Johnson's one of the guys that you and I talked about maybe seeing uh, in yeah. that series as well. Other news. Um, OK, so we talked about Kyle Bush. And part of the issues that he has been having where he has not seen a checkered flag yet for a a stage race, nor has he seen a checkered flag at the end of a race. And Mike, part of one of his excuses that he's made, and it's probably a valid excuse, but I'm just saying, is the no practice, no qualifying. He just can't. He's struggling to find his way, blah, blah, blah. I think, in my opinion, this really goes to show I don't want to take say that he's not a talented driver. I mean, he's probably the most talented driver in the series, I um, agree. you know, yeah. raw talent. But it also helps if you have a really good crew chief that can listen to you and can make the adjustments on the car uh, as to what you need. And for some reason, I think what happens though, Mike, is is Kyle, as you know, we've talked about this for years and years and years, Kyle's wor- or Kyle's, Kyle's biggest problem is kyle and once he gets in his head and he gets hot and heated and pissed off he stops communicating and and he almost goes into like quitter mode almost
5: he does he does he's his own worst enemy
6: yeah and i think that that's part of what we're seeing
5: and i think he realizes it himself he knows it. he gets in his head and we've how many times that we've seen when he gets and it gets in his head he doesn't really handle that very well
6: Mm-mm, he's kind of a self-destruction uh, self-destructive and you said he talked about that though this week about struggling he, with that right
5: he did he talked about it uh we have the audio at track smack on the smack for this week the texas recap and so check that out um some of the drivers talked about the fact that the, at the texas race they spent the first two stages ironing out all the setup and the problems that they were having with the car and that's why we saw such better racing at the end. By the time we got to the end, the last stage of the race, the um, the guys had pretty much worked out the kinks and the, and the problems that they needed to to adjust on their cars that they didn't have the chance to do during practice or qualifying that we, that we normally would have at a typical NASCAR race. So um, all that was addressed by the guys, and they're seeing that. So that kind of leads us into talking about <laughs> – Going to Daytona Mm -hmm. later in the the, you know in a few weeks here and running the road course they're not going to have any practice or qualifying these guys are going to the only practice they're going to get they better get on a simulator and learn how to drive that road course because some of these guys don' if you look at the the guys on the on the list that are going to be racing they have not been on that road course at Daytona
6: well and that leads me Mike to think that there's one guy even though it wasn't in a cup car, but here's an advantage: Kyle Busch, who actually has run Daytona this season. He ran yeah. in the Rolex 24. Uh, so,
5: and Jimmy's done that race before.
6: Uh huh.
5: Mm-hmm. There's there's a few that have, but most of most of the guys have not.
6: Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I mean, Kyle's just the most recent yeah. one uh, that I could think of. But you know, we talk about that, and and again, NASCAR came out and announced yesterday that. For the rest of 2020, there will be no qualifying, no practice. And honestly, Mike, I think this is something that we may see from now on. I think if you do see a practice, it's going to be a limited thing, maybe like a 10, 20 minute practice, one um, only, but I I kind of like it.
5: Yeah, but if I'm buying a ticket, to me, if I'm the fan, I mean, you and I don't buy tickets to races because we get in on media passes usually, but um, if I'm buying a ticket, I want to see... I wouldn't mind seeing the qualifying. Like you go to a short track on a Saturday night, they either have a heat race or qualifying time trials. Fans like that kind of stuff. And, um, well, they used to, to,
6: what that (laughs) they used to like it when it was fun. And then they, then they took the fun out of it by, you know, yeah. Um, when they started experimenting.
5: Yeah. But I think what they ought to do is maybe have a short, maybe twenty. Fifty lap practice, one one session, then do qualifying. Do it all on the on the same day before the race. You know, if you want to compact the schedule down, just just do it all. You know, if the race is at two, let's do a practice and qualifying. That you know, qual, uh, say practice at ten, qualifying at eleven. Give them give them a couple hours to get the car ready for we're in race trim and let's go racing at two or, or whatever, you know, do it all in one day. That's what, that's why i like to see it. But, but we're not, we're not going to see it at Daytona.
6: Nope, no, no. Nope. And um, I know that you've got, there was a couple of drivers that were asked about that and you've got audio from them.
5: So yeah, let's listen to, here's Kurt Busch. Here's his reaction to what he had to say.
2: It looks pretty clear now that we're not going to get practice when you go to the road course at Daytona. How much of a challenge is that going to (laughs) be to storm off into turn one, having no earthly idea? And I also hear they're bringing rain tires, Kurt, just in case. Wouldn't that be fun too? May as well. Hell, (laughs) we've done everything in 2020. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Uh,
1: That's going to be pretty crazy. um, Going to a, a track that nobody has ever raced a NASCAR cup car on before. And I would say maybe there's a half a dozen guys that have real life experience at Daytona on the road course, which I do. Uh, my little brother does. I uh, think Harvick, Johnson, maybe Denny Hamlin. I, I'm, I know I'm missing some, but mm-hmm. in, in all reality, yes, this is the most cold turkey we've ever seen heading into an event. And Goodyear is going to bring the hardest tire they can, which I think is still the Watkins Glen road course tire. Right. But the oval will definitely put more stress on the tires. And then the infield section – just like the roll pull, will be slick as heck because the tire's too hard for those flat, slow corners. So a lot to digest, a lot of differences. And then I know um, uh, NASCAR talking about a front straightaway chicane. Because of the simulation models right now, get this race, fans. If they sent us out there as is, we'd be 210 miles per hour. What? our finish line. Go, yes. Wow. Yes, we'd be 210 going into turn one. And is mm. like, ah, that's a bit much.
2: <laughs> uh, w- would you agree? I, I mean, I'm you guys are nuts enough to think 210 going into turn one at Daytona is a great idea, maybe.
1: I'd love it. I'd love it. I don't I love speed. Um, people are always like, man, when you ran that IndyCar, we, we never thought you'd do that good. And I'm like, I love speed.
2: Let's go.
5: Wow, that's awesome! That's awesome. Two hundred ten miles an hour, Don. That is awesome.
6: Yeah, that is, and that's a uh, Kurt Busch. He was on, of course, uh, Sirius XM Radio with uh, Dave Moody, yeah. and uh, so we want to thank them for the audio. They put it out on Twitter. Yeah. You can go and check out their Twitter feeds for that. It was Moody earlier too, talking to a, a Drunk Brian yeah. France. Um, <laughs> yeah. So
5: <laughs> and we also had Joey Logano. Um, they talked to Joey as well. Joey had some stuff to say. Do you want to hear from Joey now?
6: Yeah, I know. Joey was on with Joey does a weekly segment that they do with uh, the morning show guys. So with uh, Bagley and Pete Pistone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Joey was on. So he was talking about this as well.
5: I believe so. Right. here.
6: All right. Here we, go. here we
5: go.
7: Like, okay, cool. Like we'll just kind of line up and go. And I mean, we're going to spend time on the simulators, obviously. Uh, trying to, to wrap our heads around it uh, a little bit. But like we said earlier in the show, simulation world and real world are not the same a lot of times. And, uh, and we'll just kind of go out there and go wide open with 40 cars and see what happens. Uh, there'll be some guys with, with a significant advantage, um, the guys that have run the Rolex 24 before. Um, so Kyle will have a, you know, a, good, a good one. McDowell will know what he's doing out there. I'm sure there'll be a few others that have run that race. So um, they're, they're going to have an advantage for a little bit, but I think, um, you know, other drivers will figure it out as we go. But uh, boy, it's going to be, and you know, we were talking about this during the, the, the break here. It's summertime in Florida. And mm-hmm. that usually means that there's an afternoon thunderstorm. So I think we race in the rain. If it's a road course, correct. I believe they would continue that rule. At Daytona, so cool. Let's just fire off in the <laughs> rain with no practice. Yo, what's the worst that can happen? You know, like what's the? Well, I mean, how bad can it really be? You know. So let's just go. Somebody will watch. That's for sure. There'll be plenty of people wanting to watch that <laughs> for the
4: best. They may need. um You ever been to Times Square and seeing the rolling billboards, like in front of ABC News or in front of NBC? you may need that for the number of cars that you're going to have to post for overshooting the entry to one and just going right into speedway one and missing the road course. Yeah. Completely. Come
7: back. Well, it's going to go going one or two ways. Way. <laughs> it's going to go one or two ways. It's either someone's going to go right through it and go way too aggressive or everyone's going to be like way too cautious. And it's going to be like everyone's going in slow. And then there'll be one jackass that's just like <laughs> – Piling down into the corner, that's gonna say, "I'm gonna get five or six of them right here," you know, <laughs> and then uh, this, wipe boys. everybody out. That <laughs> Here's might the be the jackasses. There's a good you. chance I'm that guy.
5: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh what man, a great Dawn, interview. Tell you. Was that great?
6: Yes. I love that. I love that.
5: Oh, it was hilarious. The
6: whole time I'm listening to Joey, and again, Joey just makes me smile because I know Joey's smiling the whole time while he's talking about yeah. it. And then to hear him laugh. But the whole time in my head, I'm thinking about that first Roval race and what a cluster you know what it was. And remember there at the end when Larson and all of them went into that turn and like everyone <laughs> in <laughs> But it was awesome <laughs> to see it because. Again, these guys are such perfectionists, and they're good. And so it's kind of fun to hear this, a little bit of anxiety going in and and not knowing uh, what to expect. I think the bigger the cluster, the better. I mean, that's going to be way entertaining. Bring on the rain. Come on, Florida.
5: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, tropical storm whatever is going to yeah. be coming in. Maybe, Who knows?
6: Maybe we might have a pothole or two, um, oh, you man. know, so, something run across the track.
5: <laughs> I tell you, the ratings might be way up for that race. People want, we want to to tune in and see what the hell is going to happen.
6: I think, <laughs> I think the ratings are going to be up anyways because, it, yeah. I mean, again, it's something that we haven't seen. So um, new. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Mike, we also had IndyCar announced today that, or yesterday, I should say, capacity is what they're going to be allowing for the Indy 500 there towards the end of August, uh, when they run it, when they finally get it ran. And that's what they're saying right now. Again, the end of August, I mean, that's a long time away and things could change. Um, and it, it, could end up being less than that as well. But I know they had sold, uh, I think it was like 175,000 seats. I know that place holds way over 300,000. So I'm sure that, like you said, there's people, probably just how like Texas had to do, go back and get people to take vouchers for- you know future race or whatnot and they'll get all kinds of perks and stuff i'm sure
5: definitely so uh speaking of any car real quick i wanted to mention uh we weren't really going to talk about this but i might as well throw it out since when you you brought up any car simon paginal and joseph newgarden took the two races in iowa Mm -hmm. over the weekend at iowa speedway uh i I don't know if you got a chance to catch those races i I got i watched them both um Don, I thought they were pretty good races. I really enjoyed the one on um, the first one they had, which would have been, I guess, Friday night. Mm-hmm. I think they were in both night races. And um, but anyway, Simon got that, that victory there over Scott Dixon, and then um, New Garden took the 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 the, uh, the second race. But um, that track, great little track, it's up for sale, and looks like Roger Pinsky's Roger Pensky is going to buy it. Mm. He's talking about purchasing that track. So
6: awesome. No, yeah, so. I, I didn't get to see the race. I know today, uh, Scott Dixon turned 40 years old today. So happy birthday, Scotty Dixon. And then speaking, uh,
5: He's having a good season.
6: He, he's having an amazing season. And speaking of Simon Paginaw, go check out his Instagram or his Twitter page today. Uh, because Simon Paginaw has to have the coolest damn dog in the world. Norman Paginaw is the coolest dog. In fact, I think Norman has his own Twitter handle. But if you go and look at it, Simon is skateboarding. And he's got a selfie stick out, filming himself skateboarding. And who's on the damn skateboard with him? Norman. Sitting on the Norman. skateboard while he's the, the I swear, the dog eats sushi at a table in a chair <laughs> with, <laughs> with chopsticks. He goes every, he's just the coolest damn dog in the world. He's well, besides my jewels, but he's super cool. So Mike, really quick. One of the other things that we did have audio for, and it'll kind of lead us into Kansas is some Clint Boyer talk. Uh, a yeah. lot of folks, there's been talk about Clint over here, over the last few weeks. And I think a lot of it has stemmed too, because while he's up for, I believe a contract negotiation deals there with Stuart yeah. Haas racing. But watching him in that Fox booth, there was a lot of talk about, you know, how good he is, how great he is in the booth. And is it going to be time for him here soon to hang up his, I almost said his heels. What the hell? His his driving (laughs) shoes. (laughs) And so. who knows after a few I drinks know, well, i hope
5: he doesn't have any heels on
6: i, I wouldn't put yeah. it past clint to run around in some heels after some drinks he's crazy um yeah. so, <laughs> anyway not this anymore <laughs> do you remember years ago mike i gotta go find the audio i have it somewhere it was one of our very first seasons doing track smack so i'm saying 2004 Five maybe 2006 I interviewed Clint he was about to get on board this was back when they had kind of like that little two-week break in between for Easter or something yeah. and he yeah. literally was getting ready to get on board his plane and go to the Bahamas and I remember yeah. telling him because he's talking about yeah get ready to have a few drinks uh, or a few dozen drinks and hit the air you know hit hit the skies and we're heading to uh, the Bahamas and I'm like well, what a coincidence because I I love drinks and I have no problems flying and I love cool people and would love to go to the Bahamas. He's like, well, come on, let's go.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's like
6: one of my favorite thing or times that I've interviewed. Cause he's just, he just makes you want to be spontaneous. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but um, with that, though, Greg Zipadelli, longtime uh, crew chief and 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 stuff for Tony Stewart. Now, of course, no. he is there. Is he director of competition there, or I
5: think he is like the like kind of like what Pilo is at, at Richard Petty Motorsports. He's one of the upper management guys of the Stuart haas racing team
6: so uh brad gilley i believe it is and is it brad and brad brad darty brad gilley um and the boys there in the evening time they they talked with with zippy about clint didn't they
5: they did. And then, uh, we also have, uh, Clint Boyer himself. So let's, uh, let's hear from Greg Zipidelli first.
6: All right,
1: here we go. Clint Boyer, uh, you know, had a little visit with the media. Of course, we're headed to his home track coming up on Thursday night at Kansas Speedway and expressed a large interest about wanting to be back there at Stuart Haas racing. Do you have any idea where we're going to start to find out where things are going to settle in with people's deals for the following season?
3: No, I think we're getting to that, to that point. Right. I mean, you, you... I think some of them might have already been done and, and things, but, you know, we're, we're still just honestly, truly just adjusting from, from what we're going through this year, um, as a company with our sponsors, what our you know, with all of our partners. So, um, you know, it, it honestly may be longer than normal just to see where, where we all stand a lot, you know, a lot of our partners, we don't, we don't know where they stand, where their year is going to end up and um, hopefully all of them, uh, we, we, you know, we try to do a great job for them um, and hopefully they all want to come back and do as much, but everything has changed from where we were a year ago um, from practice time, qualifying times, you know, all those things. So there's, there's just a ton of variables right now that, that um, I don't, I don't know if anybody has any answers to. Um, and I think we're, you know, as a company we're, we're working through them all now. Um, some may happen quick. Some may be, some some may come down to the wire, just as, as, as normal. Um, love Clint. It's a ton of fun. Great energy for our program, um, and um, you know he, he's a good racer. He, I mean, he can he, he can run good no matter where we go, um, and, and and love to have him. So hopefully we can get everything ironed out sooner than later, so we all know what we're doing, and and you know, then um, we can work on next year.
5: And there you go, Don. That's Greg Zipadelli there, and. Uh... It looks promising, I think. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if um, you might not be
6: back. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to read. You know, it really is. But I think we may get one more season out of him.
5: I think so. Now, Clint was asked a very similar question when he had the, when Ford had their media availability, I believe it was yesterday. So we had the audio for Clint. And here's what Clint had to say basically about me. talked more about Fox his role with Fox and whether or not he'll continue that. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of alluded to what he'd really like to do at the very end. So here's Clint Boyer, um, in his interview from Tuesday. Here we go.
4: Dude, I'm a race car driver, man. And you know, I, I, love doing, uh, the broadcast and things like that, but you know, I think that time will come and, and I don't know. Um, I don't know when that'll be, no, I want to race and I, I want to be in a race car. I, I love, uh, I love competing. I love, I love being pissed off at the end of the race. I love being happy at the end of the race. I love that adrenaline of, of lining up next to that guy and, and wondering how in the hell you're going to come off for turn two ahead of him, you know, and, and uh, that's, uh, that's a feeling that can't be replaced. That being said, I, I feel like I really have appreciated the relationship with Fox this year. I feel like... Uh, um, that's something I, I don't, it's not up to me, whether that happens or not. Uh, it's, it's a ton of fun. I can tell you that. I mean, it's, it's relatively, it's easy for me. I mean, everybody always, says, how, do you, how do you get up and do that? I mean, I don't know you, uh, let me, let me get this straight. You want me to go up there and bench race with a bunch of my buddies and, and talk racing about a race. Like, like I've done since I was four years old at the dinner table. That's, that's what you want me to go do. You know, I, I got that. I can handle that. And it's a ton of fun, a huge amount of respect for everybody that puts on the production of our, our sports. And, and then you start looking at, you know, production, of watch a football game or a baseball game differently. It's once you know how that, uh, you know, product comes to play and, and what we see on television, it's, it's um, a whole different respect for all the individuals that make that happen, from the cameramen to the producers. Um, you know, the lead guy, like a guy like Adam Alexander and Mike Joy, those guys are just crazy talented. They keep these maniacs that they grew up racing, right, and talk racing and doing that bench racing like we do up there. For those guys to get up there and, and to, to control all of that and, and to make that uh, go, you know, smooth as silk is just amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And hopefully that opportunity will come someday. I don't know when that day will be.
7: All things being equal, you'd like to be back in the car, though?
5: Yeah, hell yeah. Who wouldn't? Basically, who wouldn't want to be back in the car? So I think that's really where his uh, true passion lies, Don, is uh, staying in the race car. And then if the opportunity with Fox is uh, there, I think we'll see him uh, maybe go into the booth. And I think he'll be great doing that and driving the car. So,
6: Well, Mike, here's the thing. And, I mean, Clint is a likable... Off the yeah. track, Clint is extremely likable. On the track, I know Clint, there's been people that have liked him, people who have not liked him. You know, it's kind of this thing. He's he's given us some great moments, you know, running after Jeff Gordon into the garage area in Phoenix. Um, him playing rock, <laughs> you know, him playing rock'em sockem uh with Ryan Newman's face in the car at the uh, was that the all-star racer? No, it was what was it that or was it? When was
5: that. I don't remember when that was. I think it was I, last I
6: year at the All-Star weekend, I think, or something like that. It was like some, or Daytona. It was like one of those. I don't know. But anyway, he's given us some great moments. I look, he's 13th in the standings right now. So he's in the playoffs. I mean, as, as of right now, but no wins. I think there comes a time, you look at Jeff Gordon, and then now you look at Jimmy Johnson. And... There comes a time these guys aren't racing anymore till they're in their sixties, you know, late sixties or whatever. They're they're getting out in their early forties and they're living life and they're because they've made really good money uh, doing it. But I've noticed that the guys doing it, Dale Jr. and others, if they if they're not consistently, and I hate to say this because Jimmy. I still feel like Jimmy's a contender every week, but if they're not racing at that level that they used to, and there's young, hungry guys just waiting to come up in the series and stuff, how much are you serving yourself? I mean, at that point, is it, is it really enjoyable? Are you really having a good time? Because if you're just out there having a good time running around and having a good time, you can do that go run a few races in the Xfinity series off and on, or go run a truck race and have fun. This is competition. And there's guys that need seats that are hungry to move up in the series, in my opinion. And I don't know. I just think sometimes there's guys that overstay their welcome. If that makes any sense.
5: Clint might be doing that if he stays on any longer, you know, Yeah. but I don't know, maybe another one or two year deal, maybe, Depends what he brings to the table with sponsors. I think that's what's going to come down to it. His marketing partners and stuff like that. Who's going to want to stay with him? Or do you look at younger talent? You know, you, you, like you have like the Cole Custers of the world and the Tyler Reddicks, these guys, like guys, like, you know, Cole and Tyler, and you can look at a, a whole bunch of them there in the Xfinity series. They'd love to jump at the chance to jump, jump up a notch and go to the cup level and, take over a ride like that. So it kind of all depends on what Tony, Gene Haas have, you know, what, what their plan is, what they're looking for long-term. And uh, Clint's been a good fit there, but this might be uh, time to make the move.
6: Mm-hmm. No, I I couldn't agree more. So, uh, Mike, I mean, we we talked about, uh, of of course, Clint being from Kansas. uh, So he will be ready to go here for the uh, Superstart Batteries 400. Uh, It's going to be tomorrow night, Thursday night. So, again, we're recording on Wednesday. So if you're – by the time you guys are listening to it, it'll it'll be Thursday morning, um, hopefully. (laughs) So uh –
5: NBCSN, mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Eastern.
6: Okay. And then we yeah. have, let's see. So this is what's so interesting is that we're going to have the cup race. And then the rest of the weekend, we're racing at Kansas as well. But we'll get the Xfinity Series. Um, I'm sorry. No we're, no, we're getting two. Yeah. And, and two truck races. We're getting a doubleheader yeah. truck race out there.
5: Yeah, Friday night is going to be uh, the first, the Kansas 200, the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, the Kansas 200 Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time on that one. And then, dawn they come back Saturday. They race, uh, the, the trucks race at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday at the Kansas Speedway 200. And then you mentioned the Xfinity cars are running Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. for the Kansas Lottery 250. So uh, we have four races at Kansas speedway this weekend. And, um, I imagine it's going to be hot up there just like it's been at Texas this, this last weekend.
6: Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be warm, uh, for sure. Mike. And, uh, let's see, give me your picks. Who you think, who you got going? Uh, what do you have in mind? Who you thinking is going to take the checkered
5: tomorrow night? Yeah. I'm looking at the, just some of the usual contenders here at this, this race, uh, Oh, man, Don, I tell you, uh, I'm going to go. Um, I think the guy's riding momentum right now. Um, he looked good this last weekend. I'm going to – I'm really going to go out on the on the limb on this one. I'm going to go Tyler Reddick for the win. I think he gets his first NASCAR Cup win at Kansas. I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson as my uh, long shot. And um, my really, really long shot, I'm going to go um, – What the hell, Matt Kenseth this time.
6: Okay. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right. (sighs) Should I be safe? I'm going to (laughs) be safe with my my pick, with my win pick. My safe win pick uh, will be the guy that ranks the highest as far as driver ratings there. Um, That would be Happy Kevin Harvick. Um, I'll go with him. I'll do the safe pick with him. Um, and you know, you're not doing a bad statistical pick with Matt Kenseth because he sits there s- a second yeah. among the drivers, the top 10 drivers statistically. Um, my- well, Matt,
5: just, you know, the reason why I went with Matt, I just want to throw this out there. You know, here's a guy, Don, that's, that's come back a- after being kind of like semi-retired, you might say, you know, we saw him run that truck race at Texas last year, but here's a guy that's that consistently he's there, he's there. And, and I think he's got the ability just to jump up there and get a win. So that's why I'm going to go with him. All right. my really dark horse. <laughs>
6: okay. Well, so I did Harvick for my first pick, okay. my, um, my long shot pick, which again, I can't believe I'm saying a long shot, but I'm going to have to say Kyle Bush, Cause I think, I, I don't feel no. like Kyle is going to go, you know, just continue this drought. I really, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, He's
5: going to break through. I think the the truck win and Xfinity win gave him a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. but he just didn't have all, everything together for this past weekend at Texas.
6: You know what? So that's then- a good pick. I'm going back and Who's forth. Who's your really long shot? Well, and see, I was going back and forth between Colin and, and Ryan uh, Ryan Blaney because I really think that he, he's he got another good chance here at Texas. Well, uh, I mean, look at Blaney. Texas.
5: Look how well he ran at Texas. That's what I'm saying. The first part of the race. I mean, on the mile and a half tracks. I mean, he's doing. he's got a good car, good good setup, well, you good know program.
6: What? My really, really, really dark horse is another guy that I feel um, – uh, needs to win. I know you picked Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy says, you know, I need to win to solidify my place in there. Cause he's barely hanging on by a string right now in the playoffs. But um, another guy that needs a win to, I think possibly keep his seat too at some point. And that's the 20 car of Eric Jones. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go Eric Jones. Cause I think, you know, I think he, he needs to turn it on as well and, and start showing some folks, you know, what he's got, what he's made of and, and, and and get that car. Because again, it's one thing for people are in shock and, and and stuff with Kyle Busch, not winning, but you've had Denny Hamlin running really, really well. And in Joe Gibbs equipment and stuff. So.
5: Well, let's not forget Eric had a sixth place finish uh, Texas Sunday.
6: Okay. So, so so yeah, I'll, I'll do uh, Kevin, Kyle and Eric. That's Here, my picks. There you go. All right. Well, Mike, guy, we had a all fun right. show. Uh thanks again to uh Sirius XM uh for all the audio. And again, folks can go on their Twitter page. It's all right there. So you can go pull it and listen to uh to all the audio that we played during the show. Mike, you have your SmackCast up again, the which had some amazing interviews. You really want to go listen to Richard Childress interview there yeah. um on that. And uh trying to think what else. What else did we, anything else am I leaving out?
5: No, because we're, uh, any car is off, I believe. Uh, We don't have another race for another, what, couple weeks, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And um, NHRA doesn't race till the first weekend in August. They're back at Indy. They had a couple races that they had on the calendar that were uh, in Denver and Brainerd, Minnesota, that were postponed. Because the COVID-19 numbers are too high, they can't have any fans in the stands right now so they're um, gonna be back in indy in a couple of weeks for the drag racing. that's about it all There's right trucks xfinity and cup at kansas
6: i appreciate you guys uh before i go i told mike about this i want to remind folks if you want to go and follow someone that is highly entertaining highly entertaining um you need to go and follow former uh, nfl player bernard pollard jr uh he is so damn funny. And right now I would say NASCAR's biggest new fan. Um, I mean, I'm talking, doesn't miss a truck race. Now Xfinity race, anything he is in there on Twitter, asking questions. The fans have really been helping him out. He's gotten hooked on iRacing lately. And you know what? In fact, Mike, I'm going to throw in the audio here at the end. That'll be our little nugget okay. um, at the end. Um, because I played it for you. So he just yeah. got started. He got a simulator, so he's just started racing in iRacing, and he's been progressing and, and getting a little bit better. And the other day, he posted this Twitter. Page. Oh my God, it's so freaking funny! So I'm going to play that for you as we as we leave the show. Uh, you can hear that. But go and follow him. He's, he is a great follow. And then also do yourself a favor. Go on Twitter. You can go on my Twitter feed, uh, which is TrackSmackDawn. And if you scroll through, you're going to see a retweet that I did. One of the most amazing dirt or sprint car finishes I have ever seen in my life. The last 10 laps of last night's uh, sprint car race. And you're going to see Kyle Larson... Oh, my God. I knew I was going to have a brain fart. I can't remember who who the other two guys were that were racing, but Casey Kane was in it, uh, racing as well. He wasn't one that was uh, there in those final laps. Yeah. Oh, my God, Mike. I mean, goosebumps talking about it. Insane yeah. finish. So go and check it out. Larson has been kicking ass in that series, though.
5: Yeah. Yes. Yes. He has. Definitely has. Well, so. go
6: check that out. And again, you can find it on my Twitter feed as well. Uh, and Guys, we will get back with you this weekend when we uh, give you the post-race, uh, all the post-race audio and stuff like that. We'll be in a smack cast from Kansas as well, and we'll touch base, I guess, next week then, Mike.
5: Let's do it.
6: All right. Well, uh, so we'll leave you with Bernard Pollard and his daily racing drama. Have a good one.
4: I, I don't, I, I, I don't have any, I don't have any words. Like I guess I do, but...
6: Are you freaking kidding? Like,
4: I'm racing. I'm I'm racing right now. I'm, I I was racing. I'm sorry. I'm in the third spot. I dropped to seventh or eighth. I'm racing. My wife comes and pulls my headset back. Literally threw me off. Crash. Go to nineteenth. I finished nineteenth. I finished nineteenth.
5: Nineteen. Oh my God. back Please.
2: tree. Nineteen.